Welcome to Canyon Hills San Luis Obispo podcast. We hope this inspires you, builds your faith, and equips you to become fully devoted followers of Jesus Christ. Grab your Bibles or your smartphone or your tablet or whatever you use to read the Bible. And I want you to go to the book of Philippians chapter four. We're gonna be looking at verses eight through nine. Uh, If you were with us last week, we we started a series called Stop That and Start This. And, and And kind of the big idea of this series was in this time that we find ourselves in, it is so easy uh, for us to be discouraged, for us to be negative, for us to not have a, a positive outlook. And so this series is all about dealing with the thoughts that come into our minds, as we'll see here in Philippians chapter four, but it, it comes back to this whole idea of making sure that we keep our thoughts right because our thoughts become our words, our words become what we believe and what we believe usually determines what it is that we do. So I wanna encourage you, if you weren't able uh, to be with us last week or you didn't get a chance to watch the, the recap, um, you can always download our podcast, whether that's on Podbean or whether that's on Apple Podcast. You can simply go there, um, get caught up, or, or just you know kind of listen to it again. There's a lot of sermons, not of myself, of course, because that would be weird, where I go back and I listen to the same sermon multiple times from those that I follow. And uh, it's just such an encouragement. It's such a great reminder. Um, so I want to encourage you to do that because today what we're going to do is we're going to pivot over um, to something. Last week, we talked about what it means to be optimistic and to have a positive outlook and, and to look at things the way that Jesus would look at things. We looked at Romans um, and, and kind of had eight reasons that we can be optimistic. Today, we're going to pivot. And uh, I'm sorry, every time I say pivot, um, I just think of this right here. Here we go. Pivot. 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 So there you go. Had had to find a way to to insert that moment. I can't say the word pivot without thinking about that. Uh, But we're going to pivot over to something and actually make it a lot more personal to us today. And we're actually going to have an assignment for all of us uh, to do beyond today's message. So I really want you to kind of lean in to what it is we're talking about. So let's go to Philippians chapter four, and then we'll talk about three things that we can do, and then we'll be encouraged here today. It says this, finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report, if there's any virtue and if there's anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. Other translations would say, think on these things. Verse nine, the things which you learned and received and heard and saw in me, these do, and the God of peace will be with you. Meditate on these things. Today, I want to speak to you uh, from the subject of stop that and start this. And the subtitle would be, I'm an encourager. I'm an encourager. Would you just say that to yourself real quick? Say, I'm an encourager. See, you just did what David did when he says he encouraged himself in the Lord. If you've got somebody sitting with you, just look at him real quick and say, I'm an encourager. Now say, you're an encourager. Say, we're an encourager. I can't hear a word you're saying right now, but I hope you're following along with me. But we're going to talk about what it means to actually be an encourager that helps people. And here's why this is so important. It's so easy for us to be discouraged about life. Okay, now let's just kind of go backwards here a little bit and have some fun. Remember what it possibly felt like for you 
when you were in elementary school and everybody was picking teams for whether it was kickball, which was huge in my school. Uh, it could have been kickball. It could have been tetherball. Um, it could have been basketball. It could have been flag football. It could have been tag. It could have been all these different games. So imagine you're, you're lined up and maybe this was your reality and it's, it's not a fair reality, but it is reality. And you're standing on that line. Two captains are going out there. They're making their picks. And the only thing you're thinking is, gosh, I don't want to be picked last. And here's the thing. I think that's happened to, to almost everybody where you're standing there and you're just thinking these thoughts. And for some of us, it actually did happen. We were, we were picked last and it's, it's, it's pretty discouraging. Um, think about as you, as you got a little bit older, maybe, maybe if you're, if you're younger today, uh, you were even a little bit younger, but you've grown up in the world of, of social media and think about the discouragement sometimes that you might face, um, when you post a picture and you only get 23 likes, but somebody else posts a picture and they get like 135 likes. And you look at these two things and you just go, man, this person's got a lot of likes. I've only got a few likes. And um, you begin to, to feel discouraged. Think about the times where somebody threw a get together or they threw a party. And again, maybe on social media or maybe word of mouth, you heard about it. And you thought you would have been invited, but you weren't, and you felt discouraged. Think about in your marriage. Think about in your parenting. Think about it in your job. Think of all the times where things didn't go the way that you thought they should go or the way that you saw it going, and you got discouraged. I think in some way, shape, or form, all of us at some point in life face this idea of, of being discouraged. Um, I often think about, you know, it's like here you are and um, again, you're just kind of, you're kind of flipping through here and you're seeing stuff and all of a sudden you see your, your best friend and your best friend, they're out on a date night and man, it looks like a solid date night. The restaurant looks good. The fire is going on in the background. They're, they're, they're sitting close. The, the waitress or the waiter's taking a picture and then the, the caption reads best date night ever. And you're just like, man, the best thing that we could probably do right now is a $7.99 three topping pizza from, from Domino's. It's discouraging. Somebody else gets the dream house that you want, but they got it and you're discouraged. I think I've, I've done an okay job here of painting the picture of different ways that discouragement can look. Think about also too, the way you discourage yourself. Think about the words that you speak to yourself. I, I think it goes without saying, we all face discouragement. And what happens is, is in life, we need people to come alongside of us and to actually be encouragers. I, I think we all need that. I, I honestly believe all of us actually need attaboys every once in a while. You know, I've talked with people who said, you know, I don't, I don't need recognition from people. I don't need people to notice what I do. And so many times when I hear somebody say that, it's usually because they've been jaded for so long that they've convinced themselves that that is something that they don't need anymore. But when you look at the scriptures and even at the interaction of God and Jesus, you see that God was a, was a very encouraging and affirming God. Remember the time when Jesus was being baptized and John baptizes him, the Holy Spirit falls like a dove from heaven and a voice from heaven comes and it simply says, uh, for this is my son 
and whom I am well pleased. Think about that affirmation for a moment. Think about how encouraging that was for Jesus in that moment to actually hear his father affirming him and encouraging him. I, I'm convinced, no matter what you might think, and we could disagree on this, I'm convinced everybody needs to be encouraged. And the thing that I think we, um, that we need to write down and that we need to know is that in order for us to believe in that whole thing, we first need to know, and you can write this down, we need to know that God is an encouraging God. The reason we need to know that is because when we understand that according to Genesis 127, that we were created in the image of God, that means wired inside of all of us is this ability to be an encourager for somebody else. So we have to know that number one, that God is an encouraging God. Now, if we reflect the nature of God, we understand this. But I want to take you to a passage of scripture here and show you what this looks like uh, in a different way. So look at 2 Corinthians chapter 7. We're going to look at verses 5 through 7. And here's what it says. For when we came into Macedonia, we had no rest, but we were harassed at every turn. Conflicts on the outside, fears within. But God, who comforts the downcast, comforted, watch here, comforted us by the coming of Titus. Verse seven, and not only by his coming, but also by the comfort you had given him. He told us about your longing for me, your deep sorrow, your ardent concern for me, so that my joy was greater than ever. Now, when I read that passage of scripture, here's Paul. They're facing a lot of different things going on. And to be, I mean, to, to, to kind of put the story in context, they're discouraged. They're, they're being harassed from the left and to the right. And what does God do? God sends an encourager. God sends a guy by the name of Titus to come close to a guy by the name of Paul to simply encourage him. All the more proving that being an encourager can change a lot of things. Now, I want you to listen close to this. I want you to hear this, okay? When you have eyes to see spiritual things, you can take what others might contribute or consider a coincidence and you can say, no, that was God encouraging me. Think about it for a moment. Is it, is it a coincidence that when you're driving down the road and you're listening to some worship, that a sense of encouragement comes on you because of the words that are sang in a song? That was kind of hard to say there, by the way. But think about it. All of a sudden, you're discouraged getting into that car. You're heading on your way to work. You hear this song and all of a sudden, something on the inside starts to just simply rise up and you're encouraged. Is it a coincidence or is it God encouraging you through the gift and the talent and the ability of someone else? Think about this. You're, you're reading the Bible and all of a sudden it's like the Bible is reading you. You ever, you ever have that happen? You're reading a story, you're reading a passage of scripture and all of a sudden it's like describing where you are in this time. It's like, it's like the words, like uh, how downcast is my soul in Psalms 42. And you're like, man, yeah, I feel really downcast. But all of a sudden the scripture takes a turn. And the next thing you know, you are encouraged to a place that you were not five minutes before. Let me ask you a question. Is that a coincidence or is it God encouraging you? I believe this to be true. I believe that God knows how to encourage us, not only from him, but also through other people. And so as I think about that thought, what I want to do here real quick is I want to give you three thoughts, three things um, that will help you 
be an encourager for someone else this week. Now you might be you might be listening to this or watching this going, hey, you know what? I need to be encouraged. Okay, so I'm gonna encourage you, but what would it look like if you were the encourager? I mean, if it's if it's true, which I believe it is, that we reap what we sow, I think we have to put more of an emphasis on saying, okay, you know what? I'm gonna take the responsibility to be an encourager in somebody else's life. And I'm gonna trust and believe God that when I need that sense of encouragement, that God's gonna bring somebody in my life. So I think we need to talk about being an encourager and here's how you can do it, okay? Point number one is that you encourage others daily. It's a daily thing, encourage others daily. Why is that so important? Well, it's important because everybody's being bombarded day in and day out with the opportunity to be discouraged. So the reason that we want to be an encouragement to those daily is because people need it. People need to be encouraged. I think about so many people that I talk to that even when it comes to their self-talk of how, of how down that they can be, they, they can say things to themselves like, you know what, I'm just not getting it done. I'm just not good enough. I, I don't have the skill set uh, on the team to add that much value. I, I don't really feel like I'm being a great parent or a great student or a great friend. Man, people so often are so discouraged even by their own talk. So wouldn't it be amazing if some people in their lives were a consistent source of encouragement to them. Look at Hebrews 3.13. But exhort one another daily while it is called today, lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. Notice those words, okay? Exhort one another daily. As long as it's called today, exhort, encourage someone. Now, You've heard me say this if you've been around uh, here any length of time. You've heard me say this. If you think something good, say it. It's actually a principle that I got from Craig Rochelle, who is a, he's such an encourager in my life, he doesn't even know it. Uh, but he, he made this statement that if you think something good, say it. So if you're, if you're driving down the road, if you're taking a walk, if you're working on something and a good thought about someone comes into your mind, the best thing you can do is stop make a phone call, send a text, make a social media post, uh, like show up wherever they are and just encourage them. If you think a good thought, could it just be that God has given you that thought about that person so you can give it to them in their time of feeling discouraged? I cannot, I can't even begin to tell you how many times I have got an encouraging message from someone at just the right time when they had no idea what I was facing, what I was going through, or what I was even feeling. And I do not believe that is just because they wanted to be an encourager. I believe they do want to, but I believe more so that it was God putting me on their heart and therefore they reached out to me and encouraged me. And you can do the same thing. We have to be people that, that encourage others. Look at Hebrews 10, 24. And let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works, not forsaking the assembling 
uh, of ourselves as in the manner of some, but exhorting one another and so much more as you see the day approaching. Man, it just tells us, here's what we have to do. We need to encourage others daily, okay? Number two is we need to encourage others spiritually. And this is so important. It's so, so massively important that there's a way that we encourage people spiritually. So instead of just saying, hey, you you, you did a good job. Let's, let, for example, because we're all here. Hey, hey, Junior, man, you did such a great job. Hey, Kevin, you're, you're doing such a great job. Hey, volunteers who show up every single Tuesday, you did such a great job this Tuesday. Good job. Now, here's the deal. That needs to be done. It's important. But what if we took it a step further? What if it wasn't just, hey, great job, but what if it was something like this? Hey, Junior. Hey, Kevin. Hey, all of you volunteers who show up, who drive forklifts, who pass out boxes, who, who, who do all of these things. Can I just say thank you so much for what you're doing? Because here's the deal. Because you served a family a family had their needs met. And you know what? They pulled onto our church parking lot. And could it just be that maybe someday that because of your faithfulness to serve and to love on people, that when they're looking for God, that they actually come to this campus on a Sunday or on a Wednesday and they experience a service, they experience worship, they experience God's word, and they give their life to Jesus. I want to thank you so much for serving because you are making a difference in eternity. Now, do you see the difference there? Encouraging others spiritually. It's not, it's not just a good job. It's a good job because it impacts eternity and it's so good. Look at Romans chapter 1 verse 10. I remember you in my prayers at all times and I pray that now at last by God's will, the way we may be open for me to come to you. I long to see you so that I may impart to you some spiritual gift to make you strong. That is that you and I may be mutually encouraged by each other's faith. The reality is, is whenever we're around people, we want to help them grow strong in the Lord. And so we have to call those things out. Okay, number three, my favorite one is, uh, because I, I, I think we all have to do this. Number three is you got to encourage yourself in the Lord. Encourage yourself in the Lord. One of the most spiritual things that you can do is to encourage yourself. Now, I've shown this video before, but this video means a lot to me. It's one of my favorite stories of all time of an example of someone who had to encourage himself in the Lord to do what God called him to do. Let's take a look at this. Someone said to me, Donnie, everything you touch turns to gold. That's not true. I just don't touch many things. I've learned to pray. I've learned to play to my strengths. I, I, one day I listed all the things that I don't do well. It was like two pages. Then I listed things I do well, and it was just like about five. But one of the things I do well is I enjoy motivating people. I don't care if I'm in a junior high. I mean, I don't care if I'm speaking to a little league team or a major league team in the World Series. Man, I, I like motivating people. I just love it. It's just in me. I believe in people. I want to encourage people. I, I just want to push them into greatness. I, I, I just love doing that. And I remember about 2002, I've been like a pastor said with the Oakland A's, this is my 29th season beginning. And I go down to spring training. I speak to various teams. But we have chapel at the Oakland Coliseum on Sundays when the Oakland A's 
players, when we're at home, we meet in the weight room. And then I speak to the visiting team. And then I speak to the umpires. Now, you have not preached the gospel. To you preach the gospel with your Bible open, an umpire sitting there in his boxer shorts smoking a cigar. Right. <laughs> Big Joe gets that. The rest of you are like, what? No. He's played a little baseball. Well, I got invited to go not, because our, our chapel Sunday uh, at the Oakland Coliseum is voluntary. Players don't have to go, although we'll average 20 of 25 on the roster, not including the coaches. We have all the coaches, our managers, that, that will come in from both teams usually. But I was invited to come into the locker room and do the feats of strength before a big game. I mean, this is the first playoff that we've been to in a while. It was around 2002. We're playing the mighty Boston Red Sox, and we are favored to lose. So I'm in the weight room, getting ready to go into the locker room, and I'm pacing back and forth. I'm getting fired up. I'm getting motivated. Sometimes you have to motivate yourself. I'm motivating myself. I'm like, you can do this, Donnie. You are a motivator. And at the end of the, the weight room, there's a mirror, and I'm standing in front of the mirror going, you got this. Come on. Go fire them up. Yeah. How many know? I'm not speaking to the team yet. I'm, I'm speaking to me. I'm so fired up after I finished motivating me. Man, I got my bag. I got my bats. I'm going to break. I got my steel bar. I go in there into the locker room, and I'm just looking at them. I'm so fired up. I'm telling you right now, I'm ready to go. I'm ready to put a uni on and a bat and run down there and hit something. I'm, I'm fired up. So, man, I started doing the feats of strength. I was breaking bats, throwing them, rolling up frying pans, and I started talking about giants. And if you're going to kill a giant, you got to have a cause. We got a cause, Oakland Hayes. And they're like, yeah, we got a cause. And if you're going to kill a giant, you got to have a proven experience. We have proven experience. What do you mean, Donnie? Yeah, when you walk on that field, look at those flags in the outfield. World champion, 1972, 73, 74, three years in a row. World champion. 1989, world champ, we have proven experience. And we got weapons, because if you're going to kill a giant, you got to have a cause, you got to have a proven experience, you got to have weapons. We got weapons. I mean, we got the big three, Mark Moeller, Barry Zito, Tim Hudson. Tim's just, yeah! <laughs> we got Eric Chavez, gold glove winner. We got Miguel Tejada. We got weapons. We have a cause. We have a proven experience. Now we got to run to the battle. And there are two doors on, on the side of the locker room that open and go down a tunnel out into the field. And I had this huge phone book. And I'm going, we got a cause. We've got a proven experience. We've got weapons. Now we got to run to the battle. And I just grabbed this huge phone book and I rip it in half. And I don't know what happened to me. It's temporary insanity. I walk over and... Boom! I kick the doors. They fly open. I take the phone book and I go, Boston Red Sox, here come the American West champion, Oakland A's. And I threw the phone book down the tunnel. And all the players in the locker room, ah! They get up. They run down the tunnel out into the field. They're ready to go. 
They're ready to kill a giant. And our manager at the time, Ken Maka, walked over to him and said, what are you doing? I said, I'm motivating them. He said, Donnie, the game's not for five hours. I was motivating them. I was... <laughs> Man, I tell you, it's one of my favorite stories of all time and uh, absolutely love, love that man and all he's done. Um, look, look, at, look at 1 Samuel chapter 3, verse 6. And David was greatly distressed for the people spoke of stoning him because the soul of all the people were grieved, every man for his sons and for his daughters. And then watch here. But David encouraged himself in the Lord. Here's the reality. Every once in a while, You've got to get to a place where you encourage yourself in the Lord, where you begin to speak those things into your life that we know are true from God's word, that you know that God has, has, has created you to, to be an overcomer, to walk in victory, to have all of your needs met. Sometimes you just got to go for a walk. You got to go to the beach. You got to go for a drive. You got to turn on some worship music and you just got to begin to encourage yourself in the Lord. And I'm, listen, I'm convinced that when we encourage others daily, when we encourage others spiritually, and when we need it, that we encourage ourselves in the Lord, that we will be people who don't fall to the victim of being negative, who, who fall victim to, to looking at all the things going on in this world and getting discouraged. When we become optimistic and we find the positive in absolutely everything, just like Jesus did, and when we decide to be an encourager, that, my friends, is when I believe that our minds are right. And like Philippians says, that we are thinking on things that are true and noble and right. Thanks for listening. Be sure to subscribe to this podcast and follow us on social media to hear more about what God is doing through our church at Canyon Hills San Luis Obispo. For more information, visit us at canyonhills.com.